Yes, Lord God, you know it. There is a war, there is an emergency. And Lord God, we ask for your divine wisdom, counsel, protection, revelation, that you would give us your spirit, your Holy Spirit, to discern and decipher what is going on in this world. But most of all, who you are, who we are, and what is um, what is it that you have for us to know. I pray that you would give us your eyes, eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, that revelation of your love, your truth, your assurance, your purpose, your plan in the midst of Satan's plots. I thank you for dying on the cross. I thank you for raising from the dead. I thank you, Lord God, that death could not hold you. Satan could not keep you. He could not kill you. And you not only removed yourself from his grip, you also brought us with you. You've given us power over all the power of the enemy. I pray that you'd anoint, encourage Pour out your spirit upon your people to use that power, that authority, that anointing, and not to grow weary in in these days. I thank you also, Lord, for the promise that you said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. Encourage us, strengthen us to bind and forbid those things that are not what you want, and to release the revelation of Jesus Christ into the midst of this camp, Lord God, this encampment against you, Lord God. We are still here. Remember, don't forget, we are still in the midst of the battle with you. I thank you, Lord, for the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no actions taken against us, whether it's against our health, safety, traveling, vehicles, finances, property, work of our hands, children, uh, grandchildren, salvations, that nothing Satan has proposed to do against us will prevail against the love of God. I thank you, Jesus, for your love demonstrated at the cross, even now, as you are with us. You sent your Holy Spirit to be with us, and I pray that you guide us now by your Holy Spirit. Give us your wisdom, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are in the midst of a tremendous, uh, epic war that has been going on since the foundation of the world, actually, since uh, Satan overthrew um, uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. And one of the, the two objectives he has, well, it's really one, but it's like, like a line with two points, is to overthrow, destroy the relationship, the love relationship that God has with us and we have with God. And he does that by destroying either our concept of God and who he is and or our concept of who we are, that we're nothing, we're unloved, we're abandoned, etc. And so last week we talked about hijacking identity. And if you didn't get a chance to hear that, you might want to go back and check it out. We're talking about the fear of man brings a snare in that particular episode. And that so many of us are being uh, tormented, uh, uh, coerced, intimidated, threatened, uh, into taking certain things, doing certain things to um, uh, be to conform to the God of this world and what he wants. And in, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know where you've come from, if you don't know your purpose, then you're more than likely going to be swallowed up by this net Satan has cast over the whole world. And it is here. It's not coming. It is here. And so to know who we are is the most important part of that scenario because you can stand in having done all to stand when you know where you come from and who you are. And so today we're going to be talking about um, uh, it's all about us. It's all about us. It's all about 
what Satan wants to do to destroy us. It's all about what God has done to love us. So with that in mind, why don't we read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 7, um, and we'll do in the New King James. And God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the, uh, the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And, and he said, God blessed them. It says here, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Amen. That was so, the assignment. So the beginning, after God had created all the animals and the, the birds and the fish and everything, he still was not quite finished. He was not quite satisfied that he had completed what he was actually looking for. I believe he was looking for companionship and he was looking for um, someone who could relate to him. So he had to make man in his image and that's exactly what he did. Everything was created according to its kind. The birds, the fish, right. um, everything created according to its kind. So God said, I want to create something according to my, me. My kind. My kind. <laughs> to me. And that's the Amen. creation of mankind. And ever since then, Satan has tried to downplay that. He's tried to get us to agree with him that we're nothing. He's even tried to get us and has succeeded, actually, in getting many to worship things below them, like the creeping things. God gave them uh, jurisdiction over the beasts and over the creeping things and everything. And yet, because of Romans 1 and we've refused to be thankful, we've murmured in our hearts, we've not uh, entertained the truth of God We've been given over to a debased mind, a reprobate mind. And that's exactly what we see happening today. It is um, the disease has completely overtaken humankind for the most part, except for the remnant that is holding true to the Word of God only because of the power of God. So um, to to debase ourselves, to become monkeys in order to be free is what evolution is all about. We had to get rid of God somehow, get rid of having to answer to God. That was Satan's whole plan is to get man detached from God so that he could rule and use us as his slaves and as his, um, his subjects. The, 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 the basic attack of Satan upon mankind is to, number one, um, depict God for who he is not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so, so change the image of God. This right. is what they, it says in Romans chapter uh, one. one. Mm-hmm. They exchange. There's an exchange. So there is a, a false concept of God, mm-hmm. and, and then and then it's secondly the false concept of man mm-hmm. as to who we are. Who is the the questions? The great questions of of all of life. We can reduce it down to two things: who is who God, is God, and who, and are, who we? are we? Well, and who is Satan? But going back to this reducing God down to um, what Satan did when we were born into the snake pit is he changed the rule from being to doing. And so now he wants us to, to define God by what we see God doing. And so Satan oftentimes puts, you know, all these predicaments, sits up all these predicaments. And so God has to either judge or he has to bring a judgment or, or something. And so then we see God as being um, harsh or abrasive or uh, unapproachable and that sort of thing. And so, and again, with us, Satan's trying to get us to take our definition by not what God said we are, who we are, 
uh, or where we came or where we came from, but by what we see ourselves doing. And so we become very confused almost immediately because everything in this world is plotted out on behavior. You are what you do. You've got to be responsible. You've got to try harder. You've got to make better choices. And when you, when we can't, because it's all set up for us to be, for saying to pull the rug out from under us every time we try to go forward, that we're just going to end up with a lot of failure and, 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 and therefore we judge ourselves by that failure. And Satan, his influence upon us pulls us into, uh, making, making wrong choices. Right. Making, seducing us, yes. Se- yeah. Seducing spirits. In the last days, Paul said to Timothy, there would be, we'd give heed. We'd listen. To. People would listen to seducing uh-huh. spirits mm-hmm. and doctrines of devils. Yep, so exactly. seducing spirits, I mean, spirits, uh, uh, evil spirits that will influence mankind that mankind doesn't even realize mm-hmm. there are spirits pulling them away um, from, from, the, from the Lord, the knowledge of who he is and who we are, and then the teachings of demons, mm-hmm. false Worldviews, mm-hmm. false concepts that have been false brought into religions. our education systems and every oh, other in our into our yeah. in most of our churches, mm-hmm. we should say. Yeah, well, you know, this is the plot, and Jesus said in the last days, Matthew twenty four, do not be deceived, and he he mentioned that as the first caution to this end days thing, and of course, the the end days have been coming down on us since Adam and Eve, since the apostles, etc. But looking back at who we are, we have to really. Stop looking at what we do and what we think of ourselves and go back to the truth of what God says about us. Um, And in Psalm 51, in the middle of David's um, confession to God for the sin he had committed against Bathsheba, he has got a prayer there and he says in verse 4 and 5, or 5 and 6, I'm sorry, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you make me to know wisdom. What this means is that truly not that conception is wicked, because God said, be fruitful and multiply, but um, in sin my mother conceived me. In other words, in the midst of a pit, in the midst of a lying, treacherous um, worldview that's nothing at all like what God has in mind, we're brought forth, and he says... um, uh, you desire, God, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part you make me to know wisdom. So there is a, a hidden part, there is an inner part to us that is able, the hidden part, the inward part, that is able to know truth. And I believe that is the spirit of God. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of the sons and daughters of God. But part of it being created in the image of God is that we are spirit beings. Right, body, and soul, God spirit. is spirit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so we're, those we're, who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so, right. yeah, so when you're being tormented by what you think and how you try to figure it out and reason it through with your soul, mind, will, and emotions, it will be contrary and a stumbling block actually to what you know in your spirit. And many people do not walk in the spirit consistently. Some of them kind of in and out of it, kind of like it's like a bad connection on your phone and you hear every fourth word or something that just is very annoying. But walking in the spirit, um, uh, consistently, people don't believe you can do that, but you actually can do that. You can be attuned, tuned into, attentive to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And, and God says he will lead us into all truth. He says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So we can walk in the Spirit, but Satan says, no, 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 you've got to figure this out. You've got to take responsibility. 
You know, there's a lot of voices in the in the world and, and saying, well, I'm hearing voices. Well, of course you are. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're insane. That means you're in the world and you're in the war. Uh-huh. So there is the voice of the Lord. Mm-hmm. The Lord, by his spirit, will speak to our spirit. And, and there will be an inner knowing that this is the way we are to go. Now, that inner knowing it has the parameters of the Word of God. It's, right. it's always going to be the leading of the Lord is, yep. is not going to be contrary, contrary yep. to the written Word of God. Absolutely. So in Psalm 139, we have a beautiful psalm. Um, and I'm going to start actually with the psalm right before it, a few verses, because it's it's very comforting. It's comforting to know that you're loved. And this is what we write, need right now. We need assurance. We need comfort. We need confidence that God is with us at all times through everything and Satan is, by the way, throwing his worst at most of the believers to try to get them to cave and grow weary in well-doing, become divided, become despondent, become indifferent, uh, just to kind of wear us out. But in Psalm 138, um, it's titled, God Answers Answered My Prayer. Um, and David is praising the Lord uh, for answering his prayer, I worship towards your holy temple. Um in the days I cried out to you, verse 3, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. Um, and then he goes on, um, Though the Lord is on high, yet he regards the lowly, but the proud he knows afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, verse 7, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. Your right hand will save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. We are the work of his hands. We are his responsibility. We are his problem. He is He is the one who thought you up. He is the one who put you together. He is the one who came up with all of the uh, proportions and calculations and color, color schemes. Whatever he did to make you white or black or brown or whatever color he made you, it's all the same blood. And God did it because he ple- it was pleased him to do it that way. And if we can begin to accept ourselves, because here's another thing Satan is trying to find the perfect human who, you know, it changes the... Um, the, the, the perfect color, the perfect whatever, it changes with the wind, and we cannot go with it. You cannot apologize for being a certain height or weight or color or, or nationality sex. or sex. You know, we, and, and if we will please accept what God has put there for us and use that gift, set of gifts, that set of abilities, that set of descriptions and characteristics— if you will not reject and rebel against God, because this is really what it is, it's when you reject God, uh, how he made you, male or female, when we reject those uh, choices that God made for us, it's it's a, a spirit of rebellion. And just like Satan rebelled against God, I can I can do better. I can have the, the throne. I, you know, I will be God. I will sit on the sides of the mountain uh, of the north. And so we have, there's a certain amount of, realizing that you did not make yourself and therefore you cannot apologize for yourself. You did not put yourself down here so you don't have to get find a way to justify yourself being here. Those belong to God. And so in Psalm 139, when the he's, David is saying, search me, O God, he's saying, okay, God, you know me already. Look at me, search me. You know, he says, um, you're acquainted with me, search me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. He knows when you're getting up. He knows when you're uh, sitting down, you, you understand my thoughts afar off. Look at that. God knows your thoughts even before you think them. How scary is that? <laughs> How great is that? Yeah, it's, it's both. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways, including 
your difficult ways, including the sorrow that tries to grip your heart over the loss of a loved one or the, the, the loss of health or the, the, uh, the, the tormenting snares of witchcraft. God knows you. And because God knows you, knows us intimately, even the things you and I don't know about ourselves. I mean, I do not know how many hairs I have in my head. But God knows not only that, but he knows everything about me. I thought I'm going to think how the devil's going to set me up. Um, the plans that God has for me, he knows them all. He says, you are acquainted with all my ways, for there's not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. In other words, you already know what I'm going to say. You, you know, the thoughts that I think that oftentimes, you know, you've got things mulling around in, we've got things mulling around in our hearts and we aren't clear unto what it is until it comes out of our mouth or comes out of our pen and we can read it or we can hear it. And this is what he's saying. You already know what's on my tongue. And I would say what's behind, what's motivating the words of my mouth, because what the heart is full of the mouth speaks. So again, if you want to know a little bit more about yourself, listen to what your mouth is saying and then discern whether what's coming out of your mouth is from you or from the enemy who tries to impersonate us to ourselves. You can imagine the the greatness of God, the care that he has for us. I mean, <clears throat> there's there's a, there's a perfect knowledge of us, a perfect Watching care over. for us, mm-hmm. there's a perfect purpose for us. And what happens a lot of times is that we get faked out because of the difficulties yep. that we experience mm-hmm. and the, the sorrows, the griefs. But in all those things, God is at work in us. Yes. He is working us within us to will and to do of his good pleasure. In other words, he's working to give us the desire to do what he wants and the ability to do what he wants. And we see that that is what's <clears throat> excuse me that is what's the very best for us god always wants the very best for us but a lot of times we we just look at our circumstance and we think oh it's it's really hard it's difficult i just lost a loved one i've got sickness disease we get faked out and we think god is not caring for us mm-hmm, properly exactly. because of the difficulties that we're mm-hmm. we're going through but God's perfect knowledge, perfect care for us is there. He said he would never leave us. He would never forsake us. That's he right. said he would be with us always, even to the end of the age. But I think you've hit on something pretty important, and I'd like to just back up a little bit. You know, it says here, you've hedged me in um, all around. You've hedged me behind and before. You know, so we look at what happens to us, and we think, and we have this idea that God is good, which is right. But then we see all these bad things happening to us, and because we don't put the devil in the equation or his hatred or contempt for us, it's not even factored into the situation. Then we have to re- rethink, is God good or is God mad at me? Um, and in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about the chastening of the Lord. And look at how Jesus himself was chastened uh, by the things he endured. He suffered the things that he did. It looked like God was mad at him. But in in fact, Jesus was in God's perfect will, yes. suffering and the Lord God was sad and sorrowful and going with him through this tribulation. But Jesus had to go through it. And even he even said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So he got to that place where we get um, that lowest point where I'm alone. God isn't, doesn't care about me. But this is the trick that w- Satan can get us uh, to be confused about the goodness of God, the love of God. And, and so this is where we're at right now. If Satan can get us to feel unloved, 
abandoned, alone, and and that somehow God is against us or God is testing us. And this is another problem. People think that God is testing us. No, God is permitting us to be tested by Satan because God has can can only take one side of this thing. He can't be on both sides and playing both sides against the middle because then he's he's he is definitely then crazy, insane, and untrustworthy. But God is always good, and so whatever Satan is trying to do to malign God's character by making us believe that God has abandoned us, God let this happen, God's chastening me, God's mad at me, um, I can't ever you know walk perfect, so God just leaves me alone. All those kinds of questions and thoughts that rig up in our minds. God wants us to know that Satan is testing God. He is saying, just like he did with Job, I can, I can get Job to curse you. God, Job is only following you because you're good to him. You let me test him, and um, let's just see what he'll do. And so that's exactly what God permitted Satan to do. But in the end, what did God do? He says, this isn't mine. I didn't start this. Um, you, you pray for your friends, or I'll have to deal with them. And so God was saying that he, you know, God was faithful to keep Job, and he blessed him, multiplied back to him everything Satan had stolen from him. In Psalm 139, verse 5, it says, You have hedged me behind and before, and And laid your hand hand upon me. me. Now, let's think of that for just a moment. You've hedged me. The word hedged there means enclosed. God has enclosed us. Wow. You know, he's got us behind and before. Our, our, he's enclosed our past, and he's enclosed our, you know, our present and our future behind. So we're and surrounded before. by the goodness and we're protection of God. We're surrounding, and His hand is however, upon us. However, however, you can also read that, and I'm sure people have. I will include myself in that. That God is is stopped me. He's hedged me. He's He's made my path difficult. He's put these this blockade in front of me, and he's laid his hand on me, what, for judgment, for oppression. And so you can see whatever way. Now, what does the Holy Spirit say? Well, the Spirit says this is good. God is with you. He's, right. But the enemy says, well, look at He's laid his hand upon you. And then the psalmist says, well, this is he's too cramping wonderful. cramping your style. He's yeah. hitting your freedom. He's, he's oppressing you. But see, Satan wants to give us an interpretation of the Word of God, too, which he also, uh, always does. So we have to set up what... What what does God want me to know? He says, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? This is a good thing. You know, people may be trying to run away from God because they're afraid of God and pray they're going to get in trouble or he's looking for them and he's going to deal with them. Or it's it's the other part is I can't go to any, to any place that's even as terrible as it is that you don't know about it, that you're not there with me, that you're not there to comfort me. In other words, God is everywhere all together all the time. We want to remember that this life on earth is not a cakewalk. You know, no. some people expect, you know, we expect our best life now, mm-hmm. right? This is our best life. It's like, well, God wants us to give to give us an abundant life in the midst of all the evil that's around us. But our best life is going to be in eternity right. and if, we're not if, there we're, yet. if we're followers of, of the Lord and, and uh, you know, seek him and seek his will. Verse 13 says, for you have formed my inward parts. You have covered me in my mother's womb. In other words, when we were being formed in the matrix of our mother's womb, the Lord God was there um, watching over us. And why was he watching over us so carefully right there? Because Satan was right there too, trying to uh, scratch, mar. It's like the potter's got this pot and he's working on the wheel and Satan sticks his little stick in there and tries to put a blemish Mm -hmm. on it, tries to poke Mm -hmm. it, tries to cut cut it. 
So God is watching over us in the womb. And sometimes Satan does get to attack people in the womb. And, you know, he looks at our DNA and he says, ah, I have an open door here. I have an agreement from the past generation. They have rebelled against God. I have a, have a right to do this, blah, blah, blah. And so even at the moment of our conception, Satan is beginning to look past back at our DNA and our generational bloodlines. And by the way, we're doing a conference on the 24th uh, in the cities called... Um, it, it runs in the family. It's on generational bloodlines. So you're welcome to come check it out at liferecovery.com. You'll find it there uh, under the home page and under the events section. So there, there, is a, um, there is a plot against us from the beginning. That's why I believe the Lord was there and uh, watching over us, what we're fearfully and wonderfully made. You think about it. This, this uh, you know, Satan is trying to recreate. Now he's got designer babies and all kinds of things he's trying to come up with. Um, he's always trying to manipulate and mess with the DNA because these are, these are the strands of life and the human DNA, which carries the elements of God's you know image. Satan is really, really attacking the DNA. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be doing a blog. You can check that out very soon, next day or two, on the, the war for our DNA. Because why? The DNA carries the image of God, the human DNA. And so he's, Satan is trying to do everything, including... Um, get us to voluntarily surrender our DNA to forces and chemicals and situations that will ultimately alter our DNA. And at that point, ultimately, that will be called the mark of the beast, which means that you're taking something, ingesting it, in, in injecting or ingesting something that will affect your human DNA and you will no longer be human. And that, that at that point, people who receive the mark, that's why they cannot be saved because they're not human anymore and only humans can be saved. And so that is why there's this big, um, you know, uh, push, I believe, towards getting everybody corralled into this kind of a mindset to take certain, ingest certain things, inject certain things so that they can be safe. But none of that stuff is proving to make people safe anyway. It's actually killing people. But back to the subject... Okay, so we're framed. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Only God can create a baby in a womb. Only God can bring forth that life. Only God can give that child abilities and aptitudes and gifts and, and, and make their bodies work right. And, and only God, this is the handiwork of God. And, you know, it, it, to reject it, to try to rig it down or uh, reduce it down to something else, to try to change the sex of a child uh, against what God has made. This is all just simple, pure rebellion. Evil. It's yeah. evil, yeah, pure it. evil. He says, "You saw my substance yet being unformed, and in your book they were all were written. All writ were written. In your book they were all. All was what was written. A me. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Like all your days, he knows exactly how many days we're going to live. He knows what's going to happen on each day. He knows." Um, what he's planned for each day. And wouldn't that be nice if we actually walked in the plans that God had for us each day? How precious, O Lord, are your thoughts towards me. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sands of the seas. Think about that. Just go to the beach someday. You know, we're not even talking about all the seas and all the sands. We're just talking about the, the sand on the beach of the, 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 where you're hanging out. Okay, God has that many thoughts towards you. Thoughts of love, thoughts of peace, thoughts of tender mercy, care, revelation. He loves us. Um, and so he's not willing to um, give us up. That's why he died on the cross for us. And in Ephesians, 
Paul tells us that we're uh, we are adopted, we're um, appointed, adopted. Let me just read that real quick. He says, God says in the first part, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us we're with bl- every blessing. <coughs> every, blessed, okay. In every blessing in heavenly places, just as he chose us. So we're chosen. In him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined so us. So we're predestined. To adoption. So we're adopted. As sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted accepted in, the, in beloved. the beloved so we're blessed we're chosen we're predestined we're adopted we're accepted and satan does not want you to know that and then it says in verse 7 of Ephesians 1 in him we have redemption mm-hmm. so we're redeemed we've been set free through the price that was paid through his blood shed on the cross mm-hmm. and we're forgiven we're forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his Grace And Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Instead of looking at yourself with what the, what everybody else says you are or how you feel about yourself, Romans 12 says, Be transformed. Look at what my word says and walk accordingly, and it will transform you. The Holy Spirit within you will transform you. And then we can be, number 10, 12, 10, um, be kindly affectionate to one another in, in with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another. Now, so how do we do that? Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Bless those who curse you, you bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those. How can we do that in this world unless we are transformed by the Spirit of God? Yeah, and so the world, Romans 12, 1 and 2, the, Satan is trying to conform us to this present evil world mm-hmm. in rebellion against God. We're conformed. Don't, don't do it. Poured into the mold, mm-hmm. conformed, resist the enemy. Yeah, shaped, shaped by the Satan and his, and his words, influence his act, through the world, yeah. through the educational system, through the religious system, through the political system. He's trying to get us to believe the lie and go along with him. Well, he's but but we're we're not to be conformed to this world. Mm-hmm. Romans eight twenty nine says, "To whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image, the image of, of his it. son." Mm-hmm. So that's where we're to be. We're to be like, we're created in the image of God. He's shaping us. There, mm-hmm. and, and that image. Conforming ha, us. That image in us is, even though it's marred, it's not destroyed. But it's God not is been refreshing. Destroyed. God is so rebuilding. So he's refreshing. Mm-hmm. He's renewing that image of mm-hmm. God in us through faith in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. to be conformed to the image of his son. That's the point. So that's, that's what he's doing. Uh-huh. So the image, so the image, though it's original, it's been defiled but now it's recreated yeah. in, in bringing, uh, bringing so us satan conformity wants us to, to the get, image of so, jesus so satan wants us to believe that we're nothing that we don't matter that god doesn't has abandoned us that we are uh we don't have a place here we're not worth anything we're just you know we're bad we're sinners um he wants us to focus on all these things that God did not want us to focus on. God wants us to focus on him, follow him. And so, Father God, we are not going to allow Satan to define us or redefine us by what we do. We're going to ask your Holy Spirit to bear witness with us this day and in the days to come. They will walk in your spirit and that will be called the sons of God because, Lord God, you are with us. You said uh, we are together with you. You are with us. We're not going to allow the enemy to lie to us. By the power of your spirit, help us. Defend us, Lord God. You put your protections around us. And Lord, because we know your whole, your whole thing, your whole everything you do is all about us. 
It's all because of us. So, Father, ask us. We ask you to help us to realize how precious we are to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.